everyone, and welcome to Cosmos with Cosmos. As always, I'm Mike. And I'm Liz. And that's all we got. Yay! <laughs> Brandon's out on assignment. Uh, yeah, he, he is on the road, hoping to get through immigration. Heading to South America. Going to Colombia. Uh, down in South America, and um, oh, so they're already putting money on you spilling. Oh gosh! <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, that's an easy win. That that I yes, <laughs> Katie, I'm with you on that. Speaking um, of which, then yeah, let's go right into what are you drinking? Oh, but what we we have to say our topic first. Oh, we're, we're uh, today. Today, <laughs> today we're going to talk magnetars. Magnetars. Which really sounds like it's a unicorn or something. It, does. it doesn't sound. It sounds like a mythical creature. Yeah, like we'd find it in, in Hogwarts yeah, Legacy. Magnetar. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about magnetars, what they are, um, and what we know, what we don't know, and that type of thing. And uh, before we get into that, though, what are you drinking? I am drinking the heart-shaped box. Uh, she will is... explain that reference later. How, am I explaining it later or now? Oh, you can do it now. Uh, now. Oh, yes, because, uh, you know, a, a good old uh, classic Nirvana song has a lyric in it that says, uh, fall into my magnetar pit, duck, pit trap or whatever. Uh, and I was, I remember uh, 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 listening to it recently. I was like, oh, shit, they say magnetar in it. <laughs> I was like, so I got to bring that in. So uh, cheers to Kurt Cobain. Uh, and magnetars as well. Oh. My love of grunge and science and astronomy coming to together. Cobain. Cheers to Kurt Cobain. Courtney didn't do it, everyone. No, she didn't. No, she oh, didn't. oh, and what's in it? Um, it is uh, vodka, uh, peach iced tea, some mm. lemon juice, some honey, and a little sugar on the rim. Basically, it's a tea teeny. Teeny, yeah, um, and um, with um, podcast mom Karen, we actually talked about if putting gin in it would uh, affect it in any kind of way. Mm. I mean, I also want to try it with limoncello, um, yeah, instead of yeah, I'm juice. not a gin fan, so no, no, but, but that, that would that would be for Karen, yes. What do you got? Um, all right, other so than a, a heart shaped box, I have a second one called a heart shaped box, but this is very similar, um, to Liz's drink. Um, it's called the Bose-Einstein uh, um, condensate. 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 Bose-Einstein condensate. We did pregame with one of those it's drinks. It's the BEC. The BEC. Yeah, that's exactly how they put it. And like, um, they'll say Bose-Einstein condensate, and uh -huh. then in the scientific papers, they shorten it to BEC. Yeah, of course they do. Yeah, and so this just has, uh, it just has the same peach tea. And vodka, but I'm leaving the honey and stuff oh, out. So we're, so. we're in a peach tea kick. Well, you know what? Cheer, cheers to Einstein, then, you know? Mm -hmm. To our, our dearly departed musicians and scientists. Mm. All right. Oh. All right. So those are our drinks. Um, as always, follow us on all the things um, on social media, Twitter, Drinking Cosmos, everything else is Cosmos Cosmos. Uh, follow us. Rate what? Oh, no. I'm just mouthing words to the camera. Oh. Follow us. Oh, okay. Please. Uh, rate us, all that kind of good fun stuff. Um, and um, don't forget to uh, tell your friends about it and how they can do it. We could be it. like real, like uh, 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 social media people or YouTubers or whatever it is and be like, like and subscribe. <laughs> yeah. Wh wherever we don't, it have, is. we don't have one. We don't have well, one. Well, we can, we can cut it. All right. So let's point down. Let's point this way. I'm going to have to remember to put this in the edit. And then point this way. Oh, okay. And then, uh, right. whatever, just right. point to 
like over there. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, my mom, uh, podcast mom, she has an Earl Grey lavender hot in honor of uh, the last season of Picard. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely check that out. Great. Um, also, um, hang out with us, literally, for the hangover. Um, so don't forget to join us for the hangover mm-hmm. uh, immediately after this. Um, if you are not watching this live, find it on YouTube. Find it on YouTube. Yes, indeed. All right. And also, if you are interested in getting some really amazing art, um, um, go to um, Etsy and look up Wild Ixia um, and uh, and get uh, get their art, get Katie's art. Also, um, good timing, Ron, for doing the show. Yeah, so we're about to exactly. All right, so uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Um, check Ron out. Also, um, he has a new thing on YouTube that is coming up later this uh, later next month, mid March, March fifteenth, I believe, is what he told me. Um, it is uh, BlenderUniverse.tv, and so what uh, what Ron's going to be doing is um, he's going to be him and a partner are going to show you how to use the animation package, modeling package of Blender. Blend, is Blender still free? It, last I heard it was ah. free. Um, and so Make it's open source. It's open source, so you can use it for all your animation needs. And uh, and Ron is going to show you how to how to he use it. He is the Blend master. He is, really. And the, the guy that, that he's doing with, I can't remember his name, um, He's been doing it since 2010, so both of them just have a shit ton of nice, knowledge. Nice, for it. good for you, Ron. All right. Also, speaking of a lot of knowledge, knowledge about the universe, go check out Jack's Place, RollingBluffsPlanetarium.com in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Mm-hmm. So, if you're kind of in the southwest corner, I think the southwest corner of Iowa. If you're in the whole state of Iowa, it seems like a small state. We live in big states, so um, get, uh, make a make a trip to Jack's Place uh, and let him. Take you on a tour of the universe. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. all right. Mm-hmm. And um, also, every other Wednesday, the shot. The shot. Yes, little, what do you call it? Bite size? Just, you know, bite size bits of astronomy or shot size bits of astronomy. Yes, drink, shots of small astronomy. drink size. Um, shots of astronomy. Yeah, and so we um we, we talk about I mean we tell stories uh-huh, and uh-huh, and uh-huh. it's Brandon's favorite part of Cosmos of Cosmos. Yeah, it's and fun. so we just had an episode coming out last Wednesday. Um well, we need to make some more, don't is, we? But we're gonna need to We need to make some more. Because I think they go to March. They go to so. March yeah. <laughs> and as always, if a puppy barks, it'll be interesting to see if we have a puppy bark, but um if dog barks, take a drink. If there's a Star Wars reference, take a drink. If there's a Lord of the Rings reference, Take a drink, and there's talk of a new Lord of the Rings movie from Warner Brothers it, with New Line Cinema. So they're actually sticking with New Line Cinema, and Peter Jackson says, uh, talk to me. Oh, so, you better talk to him, Warner, because, yeah. Anyways, don't uh, fuck it up. Don't fuck it Warner up. Brothers. Yeah, I know, right? Don't. This is something that you cannot fuck up. Mm-hmm. You, you have to... There, there will be a revolt mm-hmm. if. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So, but what's funny though is that in Lord of the Rings, uh, Ian McKellen, of course, plays legendary Gandalf, but he's also Magneto in X Men, yes. which uses magnetism, and we're talking about magnetars. That is a really good segue. That is a really good segue. Thank you. 
welcome. <laughs> I had a different statement that I was I wanted to throw in. I was just planning to get like an Ian McKellen Magneto reference thrown in there somehow, and that's how I, that's how I did it. <laughs> yeah, no, that was really good because I when when you start talking about uh, Ian McKellen, I was going to make a different statement about um, um, about Harry Potter. Oh, and oh. and Ian McKellen. Uh, he was he was asked why he was asked to be Dumbledore. He he was asked if he wanted to be Dumbledore, ah. and his response was, um, "I played Gandalf. Why would I want to be Dumbledore?" Which okay. I thought was well, fucking that's a gangster brilliant. Answer right there. Yes. <laughs> that was very brilliant. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's talk. Uh, let's talk about these things called magnetars. Yeah, magnetars. Are they like magnetic centaurs in space? Is exactly what they are. So that's our episode, guys. Thanks for joining we us. Solved it. See you in two Cheers. weeks. <laughs> we don't even know what we're gonna do in two weeks, do we? No. All right. No, well, actually, high in the sky. All right. So let's talk about a kind of just real quick. What a uh, what is a magnetar? So maybe you've heard of them. Mm -hmm. um, and so yeah, listen to Heart Shaped Box by Nirvana, and you'll hear of them. That's really there. all you need to know. Is Kurt Cobain. First mm -hmm. of all, a fucking grunger. I he knew what a magnetar was or if he just heard the word magnetar and then like threw it into as a song lyric maybe we'll never know no he did kind of in that possibility didn't he yeah. um all right so magnetars are they're neutron stars neutron stars yes but these are neutron stars that have really Intense magnetic Should we uh, start with what a neutron star is or how you get to we're gonna get there. oh we're gonna get to that bit in of stellar fact, evolution Yes, in fact, um, I do plan on kind of having you talk us through that. There aren't like there aren't many notes. He knows I love stellar evolution. There's right. not a lot of notes, yeah. so I think. But I think I mean you got it. But these uh, these magnetars have uh, magnetic fields that are. I mean, neutron stars already have really intense magnetic fields. Anything that has like some sort of convection is going to have some sort of magnetic. Yeah, but these only have convection. Or, or, or uh, yeah, oh no. god, oh my no. brain's already. So, um, yeah, all right. So the neutron stars have really strong magnetic fields to begin with, okay. and um, so much so that they can focus light up top and bottom of neutron stars, and they're spinning really quickly. Uh -huh. And so, from our perspective, as they as those beams of light pass. Through our uh, our view, mm -hmm. they look like they're pulsing. So pulsars. Pulsars. And pulsars exactly. are neutron stars. Yes, all pulsars are neutron stars. Oh. Not no, all neutron, neutron stars, stars are pulsars. pulsars. Ooh. Yes, uh, because the lights aren't flashing. We're not lined up with their. Oh, their okay. Pulse. So we have to be uh, lined up for it to be a pulsar. Yeah, and you know maybe uh, maybe for a shot, I will talk about the little green men and pulsars. <gasps> Um, but anyway, because I'm intrigued. <laughs> so with uh, magnetars, though, mm -hmm. uh, magnetars have a uh, a magnetic field which is usually a thousand times more powerful than a neutron star. Okay. So these are really powerfully magnet. Most magnetic things that you can okay. have in the universe. What can can that be related in a way that's more something we're, we're familiar with? Yes. You know because. I can do that. Have I you know. looked at this? I did look at okay, it. Okay, cool. I briefly looked at it. All right, so it is actually um, about a thousand times more powerful than a regular neutron star, okay. which for us would, mm -hmm. here on Earth is 1,000 trillion, also known as a quadrillion. Quadrillion? Times more powerful than the Earth's magnetic field. Quadrillion? Uh -huh. But if you wanted to reproduce the magnetic field, 
of a magnetar. Mm -hmm. You just need to go down to the store and get 100,000 trillion refrigerator magnets, which is a lot. <laughs> One. Hundred thousand trillion. Yeah, so basically it's one hundred quadrillion. Quadrillion. Uh, um, refrigerator magnets, which we were told this really bizarre thing that refrigerators don't. You can't put magnets on refrigerators anymore, which I yeah. don't. I don't know. But anyway. refrigerators are magnetic, and that just is like, what's the point then? Where are all your magnets going? Okay, so. So here's the thing. All right, so that's a lot of refrigerator magnets. Did you spill it? No, I dropped a piece of I sugar. It's a piece of sugar. I didn't spill any liquid. I was about ready to say, Katie gets five bucks. Sugar. <laughs> um, anyway, so, all right. If uh, the, these magnetic fields are so strong uh -huh. that if you if a magnetar were halfway between Earth and the moon, so what is that, about uh, 125,000 yeah. miles? Um, it would wipe every credit card on the earth. It wouldn't wipe your balance, but it would just make it so that your credit cards don't wow. work. Would that wipe hard drives? And it would wipe hard drives. All of anything it would that wipe hard drives. Wow. We would, that would totally mess us up. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Um, okay. So, but what is really, um, what, and, and, and I found this out in the in the research for this okay. and i thought this was absolutely amazing so in a very macabre kind of way and so this is so okay. if if a magnetar were only 600 miles away from you okay it would rip every electron off your body uh it would just completely just rip it off of every single atom in your in your body and your body would be nothing but monatomic ions, which are just single atoms without any electrons at all. God, I want to know what that would look like if all of a sudden... You, I mean, you first of all, poof? you die instantly. You just poof? And then... No, well, no, but if you... But, okay, so magnetic... Is that like Thanos' snap? You just... Pretty much for everybody on Earth. Yeah, 600 miles. Wow. That's not far at all. That's not far at all. No. Um, and so for everybody who's a little worried now about magnetars, because I do know that we, we do tend to say that like the universe is trying if to If you were kill worried you. about magnetars, you don't have to because you still exist. Yes. Um, <laughs> the closest one's about 7,000 light years away. 7,000 light? Okay. So that's a safe. That's a safe. But we are going to get into something here. Just, oh. Yes. <laughs> Um, okay, so... This is I, just another series in the many ways space can kill you and is trying to kill you. Yeah, you, the universe is actively trying to kill you. And in an article I read, it it, it literally said the Earth does it in 80 years. <laughs> just on average, the Earth does it in 80 years. So, um, the I mean, the universe really is trying to kill you. And this is just another way in which it can. Yeah. I mean, everything. Really and truly, what separates us between... You know, our fun life here on Earth making podcasts, talking about astronomy mm -hmm. and utter death. Other death is this very thin atmosphere. Yeah. And yeah. and Thank first you. magnetic field. Yes. Yes. Which that stops going then. Bye. Yeah. And we'll so okay. So these things are basically out there. Mm -hmm. These monsters are basically out there. And um fascinating. Monster Magnets. 
Monster Magnetars. Mon oh, Monster Magnetars. Monster Magnetars. Oh, that was a good drink name. That was Monster a good drink Magnetars. name. Magnetars. That's a band, Monster Magnet, for those of you wondering. All right, so let's talk about <laughs> how we discovered these things. Yes, because I, I mean, these, I mean, a neutron star is going to be, it's small, but emitting a lot of energy, you know, but still these things are far away. We need to mm -hmm. have powerful enough equipment to be able to register any kind of signature from them. Right. And so the our, our first thoughts of magnetars came in 1987. Who thinks of these? Who goes, oh, yeah, there's really magnetic stars. These are magnetars. These are um, scientists who probably have had you know, some drinks, some drinks right. maybe some weed, <laughs> open up your mind a little bit. But anyway, so these were first proposed in 1987. Right. These were proposed without any evidence that they existed. So um, they were proposed in 1987 to try to explain some of the things that we were seeing. Okay. Um, unbeknownst okay. to them, though, um, I don't actually have in my notes who, who was first proposed that I should have added that, but um, and I, I don't some. remember the name. Somewhere yeah. Somewhere um, <laughs> they were first actually they were first detected in 1979. Oh, so, so before they prior. were prior. Yeah. Before they were proposed. Yeah, but um, it was just uh, chalked up as this kind of bizarre event, and they didn't uh, they didn't say it was a magnetar until many years later. Okay. So 1979, two Russian probes were measuring uh, basically gamma ray counts, and. Okay. The, the typical is about 100 counts per second, and it went um, from 100 counts per second up to 200,000 counts per second in less than a millisecond. Oh. And then it died back down. Uh-huh. Um, and so astronomers were obviously very intrigued by this. Yeah. And so... Um, Aliens? Some astronomers, they basically were able to triangulate where it came from. Mm -hmm. um, and it originated from a known supernova location in the Large Mag Magellanic Cloud. Oh, that can be seen in the Southern Hemisphere. Where Brandon's going. Uh -huh. The Large and, and Small Magellanic Clouds, named and, after Magellan, the explorer, I am assuming. Yep, yep, yep. And so the first European to see him, and since he's European, he gets to name it, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, everybody, everybody down, all the all you know, native peoples and Polynesians, etc., down south have been looking at them since time immemorial. I know, right? <laughs> um, and so they were able to figure out that this actually came from an actual known supernova location, mm -hmm. um, ah. but they didn't call it a magnetar. Okay, they didn't have and that so, fancy verbiage. No. Do they know of pulsars and neutron stars? Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, they, okay, they okay, do okay. know of that. So these are, are established. Pulsars, pulsars uh, um, originated um, in the 60s. Right, okay. And um, it was, we're getting this pulse, uh, Jocelyn Bell, I believe. Oh, maybe I did do a shot about this. I think this. you did do a shot about Jocelyn Bell, yes. Um, and it was um, a repeating thing and seen as a little green man. Um, so it's a star, and it's pulsing, pulsar. Yep. Um, and so um, it basically took astronomers until 2008 to actually realize that this was uh, originated from magnetar. Wow, 2008—that's a big—that's yeah. uh, a big jump in time. It is. When it, did they first? Who, who did you? 
put down who thought of the name Magnetar? No, no, that that was that was in '87, and I should have put. Okay, that that's when they first were like Magnetar. Yeah, and that, even in my head, okay. even my, in my head, when I was writing this up, I was like, I need to find out who that is so that I can put it in the Senate. It just didn't happen because I was like, I'm gonna call my parents. Um, uh, podcast mom, I think was that a single event or happened a lot? I think that uh, it actually, uh, interestingly enough, is. Uh, not the only time this happened since 1979. Okay. There's been, it has repeated in, um, they're called soft gamma ray. They're called soft gamma events or something like that. Soft gamma events. Yeah. And so obviously it, it is not to the um, extent that what happened in 79, mm-hmm. but it actually has repeated. Okay. And so, um, yeah. So great question. It's a good question. Good question. Thanks, podcast mom. Um, and so these events do actually, they do repeat. I mean, I need to take a drink. <laughs> Otherwise, that was just a waste of a movement to <laughs> pick up my glass. <laughs> I'm all about efficiency. All right. So, here, all right. So, how many magnetars are out there that I mean, can just shoot us with gamma rays and stuff like that? Um, there are thir- 3,200 known. Known no. neutron stars. Neutron stars. But that seems, I mean. Low? Yeah. Well, they're hard to spy. Right. Okay. And so right. that's enough. why I yes. say known. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. yeah no. There, I mean, there's billions. Yes. And billions okay. in the universe. But uh, um, but there's only 3,200 known okay. neutron stars. And of those, only 31 are magnetized. Wow. So 10%. 10% of neutron stars, for whatever reason, become magnetars. That's interesting. I mean, we know, okay, it's so, you said 10% become magnetars. Mm-hmm. Um, that, well, you know, Brandon's favorite t- fact being that there's a supernova, that, and we'll get into stellar evolution, but there's a supernova that's happening every second in the universe. Um, so then... Yeah, and I mean, uh, if, if you how many magnetars are gonna well, oh, we'll get we'll get there, we'll get there. Right yeah, there. I mean, if you say three fourths of those, point uh, seven seventy five percent are neutron stars. That means every second, um, there is a seven point five percent chance that there is a magnetar that is created. Uh, uh, Robert Duncan and Christopher Thompson. Katie Google, oh. who came up with the name Magnetar, uh, coins. Yeah, they, okay, so uh, and the, all right. So I bet you what happened was was that they came up with the idea of what this is ah, in '87 to the, try to explain they some shit. The data and everything. But then, and then put well, the but then in '92 it became this is what we're gonna call it. Ah, okay. okay. Uh, is, it is Magnetar is really quite a, a, a pop culture type name, you know. I mean, because in well, physics, it sounds cool. It does sound really cool, but I, I got to tell you, in astronomy, it would be like it would be something like um, uh, super, in, uh, but, uh, super intense but magnetic field neutron pulsar, stars. So they're like, oh, a star that looks like it's pulsing, we'll call it pulsar. Oh, a star that is super yeah, magnetic, but, we'll call it a magnetar. No, but you know, the thing is, I, you know, astronomers now call them pulsars because of pop culture, but in the 1960s, they weren't called pulsars. Oh, okay. And so, um, I mean, so Jocelyn Bell spots them, okay, and then it becomes, what is okay. this? Um, 
and so what is this object? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, and so oh, it's a neutron star, and, and yeah. All right, so uh, podcast mom, do they stay magnetars or switch back and forth? Well, the 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 real definition of the magnetar, really, what separates it from a regular neutron star, is its magnetic it's field. Magne it's just, and it's so super the magnetic, magnetic field, the magnetic field is not flipping back and forth. There, that would be oh god, that would be some really interesting physics going on um, that that would cause that. Um, and uh, but no, so once a magnetar is created. And this magnetar, at least as far as like in a very pop culture kind of way, theories go, mm -hmm. um, that uh, they are, the magnetar is created at the moment of supernova. Um, and so it basically stays a magnetar until it loses that magnetic field somehow. Mm -hmm. uh, and... I mean, the thing is, all right, we'll, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll at least get to where does they come from. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I can tell you that for right now, we would not understand a way in which it could actually lose its magnetic field. Okay. Um, and so, all right. Once a magnetar, always a magnetar. Yeah. <laughs> um, until it's not. <laughs> um, yeah. Magnetic chickens all the way down. Magnetic chickens. You know, Ryan, like we will on occasion say it's chickens all the way down. Uh huh. Um, and so, and and we think of you every time we say that. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, anytime right. we say anything all the way down, we have a little thought of you. You know, know I really, I really should do the turtles all the way down. Turtles all the way down. Um, for a shot. For a shot. Yeah. I think I'll do that. Yeah. I think I'll do that. Um, all right. So here's the question: How? Where where do these things form? And, and so when I was putting this together, uh -huh. it, it really kind of split into two different areas for me. One was stellar evolution and just generally how neutron stars mm -hmm, form. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and then the, um, you know, where do they get their intense magnetic fields? And so I think I'll let you talk about stellar evolution. Stellar I, I will move my drink and move yours. Evolution. This is my, my game. Turtles are like armored chickens. They even like eggs. Turtles are armored chickens. Uh, oh my god, I will never see a, a turtle the same. Turtles are, are cuter than the I will never the see them the oh same. My god. Anyway, is that what came first? Stellar evolution or the egg? Anyway, uh, <laughs> stellar evolution. I love it. It's basically the life cycles of all stars. They're mm -hmm. born uh, in a big cloud of gas and dust, and depending on how much stuff uh, is in that cloud of gas and dust, and how long it takes them to form, they either get collect a lot of material and become real big stars, or you know they don't collect a lot of material and they become real little stars. Maybe there's a bunch of little stars that form all together, or one big star that formed, or a couple big stars that formed. But eventually, they basically throughout their entire lives have an internal battle going on you have the outward force of energy battling the inward pull of the star's gravity constantly fighting but eventually a star is going to run out of energy gravity is going to win in the end and what creates that energy it is, uh, it is the nuclear fusion. It's, yep. Yeah, it's, it's uh, basically it's hot enough in the cores of stars that uh, you can have uh, 
nuclear fusion. We can't do it. We can do fission, uh, but you can have a, hi a hydrogen uh, atoms coming together to make helium, and that releases energy. And kind of as it goes through its processes, it goes through different elements of creation, depending on how big the star is. But eventually, it's going to run out of energy. It's going to run out of basic material to convert. Um, so stars like our sun, they kind of dwindle down and kind of puff off their outer layers and the core shrinks down uh, to become a white dwarf. But really big stars, big stars, they, they, they run the gamut. All right. They get up to iron. All right. They started to try to make iron in their cores, but iron doesn't release energy. It consumes energy. Sneaky little bastard. Sneaky. So once that happens, gravity is going to take over. And what gravity essentially is going to do is go poof, and uh, that core of the star is going to collapse in on itself with cause a shockwave that just blasts the outer layers of the star off of it. And what remains is typically a neutron star. Now, depending on the size of the initial star, uh, it can have so much gravity that then uh, that neutron star keeps collapsing um, until it's nothing more than a single mathematical point, AKA a black hole. Um, and uh, that's pretty much as far as it's gonna go. That's, that's, the, that's the last, very, very last stage that can possibly happen to a, a massive star to become a black hole. Um, but then a magnetar, well, that's going to be a star that exploded. That mm -hmm. was a neutron star. But then there's something that's gone on Yeah. to have it have a Such ridiculous a amount of magnetic, magnetic, energy. magnetic energy. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, what causes it? No fucking idea. We don't know what we don't causes know. it. We don't know. We don't even, we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> Um, yeah. We can go all the way to black holes, but magnetars were like, it's, it's real, it's real magnetic, guys. Yeah. And I mean, make an etch, etch a sketch out of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could be, um, just as simple as the, the star that went supernova mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And 10% of these happen to have just, a, just an intense magnetic field. They just start with that. They just yeah. already have. They just yeah. have been born with a, a intense magnetic. They're born that way. They're born that way. Yeah. They're and born magne magnetic. Not everyone's so, magnetic. I, you know, I guess. I, I all right. So completely, I'm freely admitting this is that I have not been in the middle of any kind of physics research in decades. Mm -hmm. And so it 25 years. So my thought is, is that, uh, I don't know. I don't know about this, um, about the, I, I would think that the physics of just an, in, such an intense magnetic field mm -hmm. from the original star would, um, cause some problems for that star. That said, um, Would it make it really like unstable and uh, so? The, yeah, or? I mean, those magnetic fields are going to be ripping. Uh, I mean, because on the surface it's nothing but plasma; it's all these charged particles, uh -huh. right? And so it's going to be just ripping off um, charged particles mm -hmm. off the surface of that of that star. And and so I need to think about it a little bit more. 
Um, and, you know, those charge, that magnetic field is going to be even stronger in the core mm -hmm. or near the core. And it's, I, I just feel like it would disrupt stuff. Would it, would it, could it possibly mean that these stars maybe uh, even have a shorter life? Mm. Or, you know, like they're they're basically self-destructing themselves. Yes, yeah, that's, that's than... what I have to think about more because I do think the solar wind is going to be insane off these mm -hmm. stars. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be, over time, removing a lot of material. Um, and it's going to... is Removing that material is going to have this weird effect where it's going to um, extend the life of the, of the star because it's losing material. Yeah. But I gotta think about it more. I, I just if this is some saying. All right, uh, this is stupid for me to say. Okay, um, saying that the original star um, just had an unusually strong magnetic field uh, may be true, but it's very lazy. Uh, okay. On the but, parts of like there was, physicists like and there astronomers. Was, there was something more maybe in the process of its evolution. Yeah. That maybe that even the supernova itself that. Yeah. Is and to me, to... to me, this almost borderlines on intelligent design where it is, we don't fucking understand it. So God did it. We'll leave it up to the heavens. We, we don't really quite understand the mechanism. Well, you know so what? clearly the star heads. How do they work? Can't explain it. Can't that and tides. <laughs> Can't explain it. Um, but there is actually um, another idea as to where they come from, uh -huh. and that is that the interior is a superconducting fluid that is made up of neutrons, quarks, and the Bose-Einstein condensate. Oh, so yeah. what does this Bose Einstein condensate well, other we'll than there. what you've been trying And so, to... as the star rotates, it acts like just a huge dynamo that just creates that intense magnetic field, mm -hmm. which to me is the whole Occam's, Occam razor thing. And that is the simplest explanation. Well, and neutron stars are already rotating pretty fast, right? Mm -hmm. Especially pulsars, so, can yeah. And so it's really gonna in. it's gonna really gonna drag that. It's really gonna spin that dynamo. Um, and so, going. yeah, and so if you, if, so if you expand, if you, if you spin a dynamo, it creates this magnetic field and, and, um, and, uh, do we have data on the rotation rates of these stars? Oh, we actually do. You did look at this shit. I don't, I, I skimmed through it. I didn't know. <laughs> All right. So, big, so from my own brain. They so, spin right round, baby, right round. Um, oh, God, I put it in there somewhere. I can't. Oh. Okay, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. All right, well, anyway. Um, so the Bose-Einstein um, condensate was uh, was actually predicted uh, by Einstein in 1924. Hmm. So Einstein. Einstein doesn't really believe in... Like some of the interpretations of quantum physics, right? right. Um, but yes. there was this pioneering pa paper. I believe he was an Indian physicist mm -hmm. from India, um, Satendra Nath Bose, and his okay. paper was just on quantum statistics. Any relation to Bose speakers? Oh yeah, no. I invented them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So he 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 writes this pioneering paper. Uh -huh. Um, just on quantum statistics. And as Einstein does, um, Einstein takes it to the next level. 
Um, and, and oh, I'm. It's what he does. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he seriously has taken things to the next level. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, what thought experiment did he? Yeah, do and oh, without a doubt. And so he uh, he writes this paper in 20, 1924, 1925, and basically says that there's this thing, um, and he gives Bose full credit. He gives them full credit. Oh, so good for Ice. Yeah. Ice. And, and it ones. really and truly is why Bose's name is first. Uh -huh. And so... Um, also Einstein, alphabetically. Well, that's true. Uh, that is true. And so Einstein um, fully gives him credit. Uh -huh. This is where it came from. I'm just kind of taking oh, okay. it to the next okay. level. Cool. Um, this type of thing. And so but the Bose-Einstein um, concept is basically this fifth state of matter. Um Solid, liquid, gas, plasma, uh -huh. Bose, Einstein, concept. <laughs> I mean, we'll all learn about it in elementary yes, school. Yes, yes, I remember, I remember. Okay, so basically, uh, it's, um, you, you can take a group of atoms okay. and cool them down to almost just within like a hair's whisper of absolute zero. Okay. So it's very cold. Very cold. Very cold. Very and um, these... These atoms, because there's not a lot of energy, mm -hmm. um, free energy for them to to absorb and kind of move around. There's mm -hmm. just not a lot of motion between okay. the atoms relative to they're the atoms. Yeah, stationary. They're um, cold. They're yeah, cold. so they're very cold. They don't move relative mm -hmm. to each other. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean electrons aren't whizzing around the 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 no, those pesky electrons. They're all yeah. Place. So they're 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 definitely moving, but relative to each other, the atoms really aren't. And so basically, what they do is they they clump together. Mm -hmm. um, well, they're cuddling for warmth. They're cuddling. They're yeah. cuddling, uh -huh. and as they cuddle, they basically um, get the same energy state. Okay, easy enough. Whatever. Okay. Um, so they they all kind of had the same energy, uh -huh. um, and so as they cuddle, they kind of just uh, transport energy amongst themselves, okay. and they all become um, equilibrium, and they all have the same energy state okay. relative to each other. Uh, and from a physics point of view, they basically become identical. They become one. They become one. Yes, indeed. Um, so yeah, they um, just snuggle down. It's a it's a snuggle down party. And so basically, even though this this group of atoms mm -hmm. is made up of you know billions of atoms, we'll say. Oh. Um, uh, they're but in my head, I'm like thinking of like ten. Well, <laughs> okay, but in, you know, reproducing in a lab probably right. is ten. Um, but even though you, these you have all these um, separate. Um, atoms they they all have the same energy state and so they all behave as if they are a single atom oh okay yeah and so this is a very rare it's state like, it's like, it's like uh, i i think of like bird those groups of birds in flight that they basically become one giant just blob of a creature yeah that's flying and so it, it really is kind of like air. that yeah. it really is kind of like that and so typically we we can recreate them um in, in a lab at very cold temperatures. Mm -hmm. However, you can also re recreate this effect at just extreme heat and magnetic fields. Oh. And so that's why, um, this why this is why you can get that Bose-Einstein um, condensate 
epicenter of a neutron star. Oh, okay, because it's super hot. And it's super. super magnetic. <laughs> yeah, and so I mean, what's really all the way down. Though. What What's really crazy is okay. So we say, for example, we say that um, uh, Uranus and Neptune are ice giants. Yeah. Okay, but at their cores, I mean that ice, ice can exist mm-hmm. at extreme temperature as long as the pressure is there as well. Okay. okay. Um, so it's not just one thing, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's multiple things. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the way it is with um, this Bose-Einstein condensate. And that's, and that's why I feel like this is probably the most plausible, but I'm not a PhD right. and physicist. The, and, and, and no one has enough data to really, you know, make it a, like a, a theory of, you know, it's just kind of like, well... So it could be. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, it took, um, it took, um, so Einstein writes his paper in 24, 25, mm-hmm. 1924, 1925. Yeah, we didn't even propose magnetars until the 80s. Into the 80s. Yeah. Um, but um, the very first time that we were able to create this, uh-huh. 1995. Oh, wow. And then cue up those Nobel Prizes in 2001. <laughs> <laughs> so, um yeah, so they, the thing is, is like Einstein was so far ahead of his time in, in creating these theories, these thoughts. It like, it took a hundred years for gravitational wave. Yeah. It took That's 70 true. years. Yeah, our, our, our technology always has to catch up with our ideas. Yeah. Uh, first. Uh, Ron says they made a lot of science first and then they looked at it and said what they found out. Yeah, I got to tell you, 1920s, uh, or the first half of the 20th century, mm-hmm. amazing mm-hmm. for science. Not so much for people of color. Or amazing women. for science. Or women. No. Uh-uh. And, but, oh my God, the stuff that came out of these physicists' heads mm-hmm. in the uh, well, you know, they have more time to, to dream. They have more time to, you know, think about do thought experiments and think about random shit because you know they didn't yeah. have to go farm the fields or and you know Einstein food Einstein does a lot of the first thoughts, just his thought experiments. Just, he's just literally in his head mm-hmm. thinking about shit. Mm-hmm. Like for one thing. On a train You've going home from work. Window cleaners. What? Oh, that was I don't know what. No, I was but trying no, to like no, it was general theory of relativity. Yeah, because we did a whole episode. Yeah, but the special theory of relativity was just him on on yeah, a train, train. W- thinking about um, the speed of light. I mean, what else uh, you need to do on a train? Yeah, I mean, I you can only right. look at so much scenery. I would think eventually you're going to start thinking about physics. So. <laughs> All right, so we know these magnetars now um, kind of exist. We we have kind of a sort of a I'm not going to say a theoretical framework because yeah, that hasn't happened yet. We we have some ideas. Put it in concrete, right? Yeah. And so, um, but what we do know of is there's 31 and 31, 32 of these things, and uh, they're out there, um, and and they behave a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, they have very very, very strong um, magnetic fields. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, you're a magnetar. <laughs> Liz the magnetar. You're a magnetar. Um, 
<laughs> Apparently, my my ideas are too strong for certain people. But anyway, um, so uh, because they have these really strong uh, magnetic fields, uh-huh. they oh, they have a lot of flares. They have a lot of they erupt in X rays and gamma rays. I feel like we're just talking about gay men. Gay men or magnetars? It's a pride parade. It's what we're talking about right now. A lot they of players, magnetars. A lot that of, is awesome. Of, <laughs> that is so awesome. Of, so, <laughs> if I ever go to a pride parade again, everybody's just, drawn to them. <laughs> I think I think we should go as magnetars. <laughs> and then people will be like, "What the fuck are you doing? We're magnetars." Yeah. Meanwhile, Chad is going off about uh, yeah, know, Skynet know. taking over. So. <laughs> Yeah, and there was something about chickens. Um, uh, Ron even has this like Robot mathematical chicken. equation for chickens. I feel like that. Oh, that dude that we watch on Sundays when we watch YouTube. Anyway, um, they release a, just a vast amount of energy. Yeah. So let's talk about how much energy they release. Yeah. Let's go back in time. Oh, diddly, diddly, diddly. 2004. Oh, diddly. <laughs> All right, so this unfortunately has been um, because has uh, become known as the the tsunami day magnetar event. The s- tsunami day magnetar event. Yes, because two days prior was the massive oh. Indonesia earthquake that caused the tsunami. Oh, yeah. No, why why equate the two? Yeah, oh, that was that really was. What I was thinking when, Why? We don't but, need to. yeah, but you know, I kind of get it. You know, you want to. Uh, that that was a major event that happened. Uh-huh. Um, and so. All right, so they're just trying to. I mean. So right. yeah, so on uh, Christmas Day, two thousand and four, there was this huge, um, like one of the the most intense um, earthquakes that happened right. on the earth over in, in Indonesia. Um, it created a tsunami that went around the earth like four mm-hmm. times or something, and um, it killed a lot of people. Yeah. Um, two days later, on the 27th of December, there was this massive, 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 massive um, um, flare that happens. Um, and so now it is called the Tsunami Day Magnetar event. Uh, um, yet, no people died from that one. No people died. Well, at least on this planet. No, but um, so this flare uh, was from a magnetar mm-hmm. um, that compressed the Earth's, Earth's magnetic field and rang it like a bell. And so the Earth's magnetic field gets compressed. It does for, these. Just seeing it for home. It does what? It was just seeing it for home. Yeah, and so it compresses the Earth's magnetic field, and so as as the flare. Uh, recedes that energy recedes it comes back out and so but it continues to undulate like a bell and so it rang the how earth's magnetic field like how a far bell. away was this 50,000 light years 50,000 light years 50,000 magnetar throws a tantrum and earth is like hey whoa yes. we didn't do anything yes. to and you so the total energy that hit our magnetic field was equal to the sun's output in 150,000 years total output. That How is are we fucking still alive? amazing. And also, we're lucky we have a magnetic field. Thank you, convecting core. 
We're still on, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we just heard this sound. <laughs> yeah, and so basically, the the the, the chickens. It's all the chickens. Um. Yeah, the chickens say this. The the um the supernova, not the supernova. The neutron star is um has a very sexy name, SGR eighteen oh six minus twenty. Uh. Yeah, and so. Basically, what astronomers think happened uh -huh. was that this um, the, this neutron star, this magnetar, mm -hmm. had a star quake, had a little earthquake. So the the surface of a neutron star is actually solid; you could stand on it. Wait, I'm sorry. Hold on. Why don't I know this? What? Yeah. What? So the surface of a neutron star is actually solid, and if what? you could somehow Overcome gravity. <laughs> um, okay. well, all right, let, let's say that your bones are not going to be broken and you're not going to be okay. compressed down right. or anything like that. No, you could actually stand on the surface of a neutron star. I didn't realize yeah. that. So, so they're solid. God, now we need to do another episode on neutron stars because I'm just blown Okay, away. well, in two weeks. About. Um, so the surface is solid. Okay. You can stand on it. Uh, neutron stars actually have atmospheres. It's a plasma atmosphere. That atmosphere is only one meter tall. So if you're standing on it, your feet a are in the atmosphere. A yardstick is three meters. A yardstick is 40 inches. Yeah, so 39 something inches. So we'll say 40. So it's three inches. I mean, excuse me, it's three feet and four inches. And so if you're standing on a neutron star, your feet are in the neutron star's quote unquote atmosphere and your head is floating around in space. Um, yeah. What? Is it, is, anyway. it the, is this the basis of the little prince? What? <laughs> I, just, I just think of the small planet and he's just like. <laughs> it, anyway. Okay, sure. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so there's a solid surface and uh -huh. the surface is being really just affected by magnetic fields, by gravity. There's a lot of stress on this, on this uh -huh. surface. What is the surface made of? Uh, iron. It's usually iron. Oh. It is oh, it is a little so bit of the iron really, left really over. The core. It is the core, but it's the core, not just yeah, a plasma. But it's not all of the core. But it's, it's some uh, of the... Because neutron stars are only what? Twelve miles across? Yeah. Fifteen miles across? Yeah. There's um and so we'll say ten miles across. And so it's not all the core of the core uh, no. it's not all of the iron of the core, but it is a little it's bit what's left over. Left over from yeah. the Wow, I actually, yeah, I can't believe I didn't. I definitely okay. So this surface is under a lot of stress. It's under a uh -huh. lot of stress. Yeah. And sometimes, like plates on Earth, mm -hmm. it Things will erupt. Shift a bit. And shift are, a bit. Well, uh-huh. And so this is an example of um, what they think, what caused it was basically a star quake on this neutron star. Um, and so when, um, I smell, um, I smell a quake, uh, a quake video game, uh, expansion. Start <laughs> oh yeah. Well, well done. Well done. <laughs> um, and so like on earth, you know, you have the plates that slip past, past each yeah. other. They, they do this big jump. That's because we have tectonic plates. That we do have tectonic plates. Um, but interestingly enough, Mars has Mars, Mars quakes and Mars does not have plate tectonics. It does not have mm -hmm. the plates of surface that shift around. 
Right. But it still has. They're pretty, pretty much frozen in place at this point. It still has quakes. So they think that the crust of this neutron star moved literally one centimeter. It was just like... One <laughs> centimeter. And it produced enough energy um, to equal the sun's total output for 150,000 years to compress our magnetic field to blind satellites that were in orbit around the earth that some satellites saw the reflection of this off of the surface of the moon what yes was there any um like physical effects on the earth or on no on no it was people? just that we were just all we were protected because of our magnetic because of field. the magnetic field it was like a it was a buffer it was it's yeah. a buffer and it acted like yep. a buffer exactly um wow. If if this was a, uh, an earthquake on Earth, oh look who's joining us from Colombia, of wherever did you make it past immigration? Oh yeah, <laughs> Bogota, I bet. Um, you could have been in goddamn Bogans. Uh, anyway, anyway, so if, all right, so the most uh, powerful earthquake we've ever had on Earth uh -huh. was uh, 9.0, right? It was nine. Was that Richard the most powerful one? What, what was that one? Was that the tsunami I one? I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, for uh, uh, Madeline, all right, be careful over there. Um, uh, for if this was an earthquake on Earth, it would register as twenty-three on the Richter scale. It would just the Richter scale. If you don't know, is logarithmic. It goes up to ten. Yeah, but I guess technically you could. I guess you could go you could further, go, but go much further. But wow. it's logarithmic, so. Um, a, an earthquake, an earthquake of, uh, 10 is 10 times power, more powerful than nine. Yeah. 11 yeah. So is a hundred times. Three. Wow. Wow. That, that is an earthquake that would be felt all around the world. So, yeah, I mean, these things are, uh, these things are really quite insane. I mean, oh, I, they're fascinating. They're you fascinating. Know, and that's just, that's just the universe. All the crazy, insane, fascinating, wild things that yeah. are out there. And it's not like, I mean, sure, I'm sure magnetars are, are, are rare or rarer than mm -hmm. neutron stars and black holes and stuff. But the fact that, I mean, there's, I'm sure, a plethora amongst the hundreds of billions of galaxies... Yeah, and you know the thing is, is this this event? Um, oh, I gotta take a drink. Dog oh, bark. oh, a dog did bark. Oh, is that Jack? Why did my iPad go? Uh, let's see. Oh no, my connection was off. Oh. Anyway, everybody, take a drink. Jesus. All right, hold on. I can I can do this. I can figure this out. Oh, there it is. Ah. <laughs> well, here. Okay. You want to have mine? Have some of mine. That way you can see anything. Um, all right, so this uh, this was uh, fifty thousand light years away. By the way, the center of the I Milky Way galaxy. I'm always lively and on. Uh, the center of the Milky Way galaxy is what um, twenty six thousand light years away. Sure. So twice the distance from the center of the galaxy. Um, if it would have been um, just, if it would have been five thousand light years away. It would have caused problems for us. Five thousand light years. Yeah, that's far, but far, not far enough. 
Yeah. 5,000 light years? The closest magnet car? Uh-huh. 7,000 light years that we know of. Yeah, see, that's... But, I mean, uh, there's no... Oh, no, because... Well, no, there's no... Is there a star close enough that could go supernova to turn into a magnetar? Betelgeuse is 600 light years away, but it's not, there's no evidence that it could become a magnetar that it would just become maybe a neutron star. Right. Do we know? Do we know uh, Betelgeuse's endgame? But we don't know, we truly don't know the mechanism that causes such strong magnetic field. So any supernova could uh, create potentially a magnetar. So Beetlejuice could do it at 500 light years away. We're fucked. Um, Now I don't want Beetlejuice to explode, but I want it to explode, but I don't want it to explode. Okay, but here's the thing, though. Remember, though. um, Okay, so this energy, there's a a star quake. It's not like this energy Mm -hmm. just gets shot out in all directions in space. It's very specific directions. Oh, it's isolated to where the quake epicenter is? Yeah. And so we could just be... uh, it, it could happen and just obliterate fucking Mars, you know? And so you just kind of have to be, I know. The rovers. I know, right? And so you really just kind of have to be, it's like it's like it has a shoot. I, okay, I don't want to use that. I know, there's too many Americans using guns. It, it uh-huh. has to be aimed in our direction. Uh-huh. Um, and okay. so, okay, yeah. um, so there is that hope. And the chance of that is very slight. It's not yes. zero. It's like, very slight. Like ever, is anything ever zero? Nope. Other than absolute. <laughs> All right. Uh, so. Bra- uh, Brandon says usually a thunderstone will create a magnetar. Uh, otherwise, it's just a vaporium. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's all we need. Right? All right. So, anyway. Um, all right, we have a point of order. Remember, Gedge. Um, <laughs> if one of his comments causes a spit take, <laughs> have we ever spit taked on this? Uh, have we what? Have we spit taked before? Oh, I have, I'm hey, we have had to have uh, spit taked. Mm. All right, anyway. Um, <laughs> there are a couple ways in which we're trying to search for these things to kind of understand yes, them a little bit because I mean. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we are using gravitational waves, so LIGO, LIGO. Uh, to mm-hmm. try to better understand um, neutron stars and so forth and so on. Um, the International Space Station has the NICER on it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, Neutron Star Interior Composition Explorer, also known as NICER. Wait, where's the R come? Oh, the E-R for... They really stretch those yeah, acronyms. They really, they, to, they really are pretty liberal with those. Anyway, it was installed on uh, ISS in 2017. Um, and um, okay. its specific goal is to determine what's inside of a neutron star, which will give us a better understanding of magnetons. Wait, 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 wait. We don't know what's inside of a neutron star yet? No. No. We have... Is it a neutrons? Well, I mean, yeah. Okay. At some point, Yeah. <laughs> 
So with the neutron star, what happens? Wait, is, wait, wait! I, I'm sorry. I'm still. It's a solid. It has a solid surface you could stand on, but then there's more inside of that than okay. just being solid iron. God right. damn it! We need we're, a we're doing a neutron star, star episode now. We're doing a neutron star episode. I, I do think that in uh, four weeks we do a neutron star episode. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll just start. What is it? Oh shit! It's uh, manned space flight. God, I, well, I made a, I made a sixty nine joke on a team huddle for work once, and I luckily did, I didn't. Everybody laughs. Uh, <laughs> All right. I, okay. So I do think at some point in our episodes for the year, we we do change it over to neutron stars okay. because. Okay. All right. So what's with neutron stars? Mm-hmm. The gravity is so intense. Yes, there's a solid surface on on neutron star, but as you go down into it, especially down into the core, mm-hmm. they the gravity is so intense, everything is so intense that in some cases, electrons mm-hmm. just get shoved into protons and they become neutrons. Like a mosh pit. Yeah, yeah. And so these, in our everyday world, mm-hmm. electrons are spinning around like the nucleus, subway. but the gravity is so strong that it, the electrons and just can't overcome mm-hmm. uh, what's called the Pauli exclusion principle, and they just get shoved down and absorbed by the protons and become neutrons. Um, and so it's uh, yeah, I knew that part. We're I doing guess, an episode. Okay, we're going to do an right. episode. But anyway, so there is. Uh, oh, oh, wait, no. Jack says, according to Marvel, the insides of neutron stars are made of uru, so it's like Mjolnir. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I mean, get it from the heart of or, the neutron star or Mimu. <laughs> um, and so this is on ISS and it is meant to it's pretty, sounds um, pretty nice exactly right um, and it's, it's enabled astronomers to make more accurate measurements regarding basically the size and density parameters of you know uh, I'm always I, you know I guess every time we do an episode um, Your mind's blown. It, I'm, I well, yes, my mind is blown. You know, I like to think that I'm fairly uh, literate in astronomy, knowledgeable, uh, knowledgeable in but astronomy. Um, but yet, at the same time, I'm like, wow, there are so many things we don't understand, or we have just a base like, yeah, there's magnetars, but we don't know really anything about them. They're there, yeah, and they're and, magnetic. Know, and I don't know what voice this is, but it's what I'm doing for comedic purposes right now. <laughs> uh, but that is what is so cool about physics and astronomy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's exciting because it's like, oh, look at the things we know. But then look at all these things we don't know about the things we know. Yeah. And, you know, what What I find fascinating. Take all my tax dollars. Build all the technology to understand this. Is in the... In the second half of the 19th century, mm-hmm. the late 1800s, after Maxwell, yes. James Clark yes. Maxwell, are you cutting me off? No. Oh, oh, okay. Came up with um, the uh, electro the theory of electromagnetism, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that gave us uh, it light. unified. Let there be light. Yeah, exactly. It That's gave the us. Real let there be light. It moment. gave us, at least at the time, kind of an understanding of what light was. Mm-hmm. And so we had electromagnetism, mm-hmm. which explained everything almost that we could see. Yeah. There was not gravity yeah. um, from friction mm-hmm. to the light coming mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. the sun. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and physicists really thought that at that point, physics was over. We're done, folks. We, we are explain done. light. We got light down. We are that Bible. We are done. In fact, there was a quote from a physicist who, whose name was lost to history. So that shows you how much contribution they made. Except for this one statement was, physics is over. Physics will now become, uh, go the way of botany and we right, will right. just classify yeah, things. Yeah. And then 1905 happened. And so it's just, in what happened in 1905 was quantum physics mm -hmm. and... There's a smaller world, you guys. Yes, exactly. Call then, Paul Rudd. And then 12 years later... We got a new movie to promote. The general theory of relativity. And and so our our understanding has just gone insane. And and even with... So we don't... We do not understand fundamentally... 99.9% of the universe? 1% of the universe. We understand 99% oh. of the universe. <laughs> I don't know. It seems the other way around. No. Oh, no. Actually, actually, no, you're right. We don't. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's dark matter, dark energy. We don't understand 95% of the universe. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but we can make predictions based on what we do know, you know, with some of this stuff. And it's just, it, it's fascinating the shit yeah. um, that, that comes up that we're like, I don't fucking know. Mm -hmm. I we just don't know what is going like on. And this super is one of the magnetic names. stars that are <coughs> remnants of star that are basically not even stars. They're just dead stars. They're dead stars. They're dead stars that can cause a lot of havoc. <laughs> and you know what? There is an implication to this: is that there's these things called fast uh, radio bursts mm -hmm. and FRBs, 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 <laughs> and it's where Burst. we get this really quick. Spike in radio waves. Mm -hmm. Aliens? What? Aliens? Aliens? Uh, or or magnetars. Oh, okay. In fact, um, in April of 2020... Aliens riding a magnetar? They're riding. They're standing <laughs> on it. <laughs> yep. um, there was a fast radio burst that came from a magnetar, a known magnetar, SGR-1935-2154. magnetar. Yeah, and so now they're thinking that um, magnetars are related in some way to fast radio bursts. Oh. Um, and what are FRBs related? I th thought they were related to uh, 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 what are they quasi stellar objects? Qua uh, quasars, quasars, yeah. Um, well, that was because originally they thought that all fast uh, FRBs were uh, extra galactic, but in um, oh, April 2020, intra galactic, yeah, yeah, in April 2020, um, uh, SGR 1935 plus 2154, so sexy, um, was is it in the Milky Way, and that shattered that thought. Oh, okay, all right, all right, yeah. All and I it, need is one one piece of one piece of data. One piece of data. To... That's all you need. So you need infinite pieces of data to prove uh, a hypothesis, but it does get to a point where you can do you a have enough. Where you're like, all right, it's, it's good like enough. we got one piece of the puzzle missing, but we got most of but it. We can tell it's a movie. All it does is take one legit piece of data. To where you then say that contradicts an, a mm -hmm. hypothesis or a theory, and you have to either amend your theory yeah. or, or throw it away. away. Yeah, uh, that's how science works, people. But I know, right? In May 2021, 
Um, the Hubble Space Telescopes announced that four FRBs are coming from known magnetars. Wow. Yeah, so that, it, that could explain the fast, uh, fast radio bursts wow. that we see. And these are like where like the the radio intensity of an object just spikes over a millisecond and then kind of fades away. Um, and uh, oh, what I, I mean, is that like related to where us being in line in a certain way with the magnetar, like with the pulsar, and we're seeing some sort of you well, know? probably if it if it does come from mag. Well, if it yeah, I mean, it's yeah. probably the alignment thing. Like we have to be in line with to see. Yeah, I mean, it's just, these these objects are just insane. And, you know, I really, this is the facet, this is the shit I love about astronomy, mm -hmm. where uh, we are now at a point mm -hmm. in our knowledge of the universe where, um, you know, stars don't um, concern us in that, oh, oh, that's weird. This star is weird. Weird stars. Weird stars. I mean, like Hollywood, there's weird stars all around. You know, but this really esoteric... I mean, we're on the extremes of physics here. Mm -hmm. And that is what is, um, you know, just fascinating in physics right now. Mm -hmm. Is that, that our knowledge has gotten to a point where, you know, it takes extremes to really... I, I I don't know. It's like it's not ho hum. I mean, everything is ho hum. I, I don't because I've had drinks and I did pre game a pre game a little bit. Um, is I, I can't articulate an actual sentence, but this is the shit. This uh -huh. and like some of the black holes that we're yeah. seeing and some of this really just on the fringe of stuff is just absolutely fascinating. I agree with you. Meanwhile, chat's having a discussion about chicken nuggets. About what chicken, chicken nuggets? nuggets. <laughs> oh, they're good. I know. I, you know what? Chicken nuggets were referenced yesterday, and I've had a chicken nugget craving ever since then, and now it's oh, yeah. not helped because everybody's nuggets? talking about chicken nuggets. When did we? When did we I don't know. Where who referenced chicken I nuggets? Know, I don't know. I didn't reference chicken I know, nuggets. I know. I know. Hogwarts uh, Legacy. I don't know where it came from. There was something about chicken nuggets, and now. <laughs> okay. Wait a minute. I hear chicken nuggets. And then I, I look to the chat, and the only thing I see cocaine. is cocaine. <laughs> Small amounts of added cocaine. You don't, no, you don't need cocaine. You just cut them like the dinosaurs. You just make them different shapes, um, and you're all there. I think it's great that we do have them as dinosaurs, because chickens aren't little dinosaurs. They are little dinosaurs. Anyway, I think we should call it. I think so, too. All that right. Is, it seems like hangout territory. Oh, we're Hangover definitely. territory. We're definitely. Oh, you did it! You you did it! You did it! Brandon! Brandon! She did, did it. it! She did it! She did it! She called it hangout. She called it hangout. This is because of you two. This is no, because of you two. No, no, this is because no. Of, I blame you and Brandon no, no. for getting hangout. All right. It. So, I'm sure you guys already know this, but we would, just, Brandon and I would call it hangout. Exactly! It happened! We would call it hangout just to get the reaction yeah. from from Liz. Oh, well, and she did it. What he's eating. Oh. Brandon, I'm going to share what you're eating. This is what... Oh, God. Is it like the ring lights in the light? Oh, there's no way you can... Oh, you're just ruining it. You can't. You can't do it. Back away. Back away. Back right. away. <laughs> it looks delicious, Brandon. Whatever you're eating. 
Anyway, guys, thanks for joining us. Please uh, stay over for the hangover. Hang out with the hangover. <laughs> Hang out with the hangover. Um, and uh, there are a couple of things that were in the news I do want to talk about okay. in the hangover. Uh, so, so I guess, some you know, but otherwise, you know, fall into our Bangatara pit trap. Well done. Well done. Thanks, Kurt. Listen to some Nirvana. Thanks, and think Kurt. about Mangatars and how one that is, you know. All right. Anyway, join <laughs> us in a couple of weeks for uh, an episode of High in the Sky. And uh, we'll leave all this esoteric physics shit behind. And let's just take a look at what's in the sky. We need to show your mom uh, Mars and Pleiades tonight. Okay. Anyway, thanks for joining us. See you in a couple of weeks. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And um, vote blue. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> Bye.